Today we are wrapping up our series on practical passages with an episode called A Verse for the New Year. Hey, it's Amber, wife, mother, type A child of God. Here are little things we look at everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for listening. Before we get started, I just want to take a minute to thank you. If you have been on any part of this journey with me through the last year and been listening to little things, or if you bought Soul Care or any of the other resources from Time of Grace, or if you've listened to Pastor Mike and um, just enjoyed his podcast or his program or CL or Bruce Becker or any of the things, if you've prayed for us at Time of Grace or if you've supported us in any way, I just want to thank you for walking this journey with us on this ministry where we're trying to be available to put the word of God out into your into your hands and so it's easily accessible to you and so that you have a closer relationship with God. So thank you for your part in joining us and we ask for your continued support as we walk through this new year. It really does mean a lot. So today's passage. So if you were with me last year at this time, I picked Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, which talked about throwing off the sin that so easily entangles and run your race with perseverance. So this year, I'm choosing a passage from 1 Samuel chapter 12, starting at verse 20, that says this, Serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away to pursue empty things that cannot help you or save you because they are empty. Then going to verse 24, above all, fear the Lord and serve him and serve him in truth with all your heart, considering the great things he has done for you. I was reading this passage recently. I'm reading through the book of 1 Samuel, and this really stuck out to me, stood out to me. This was... Samuel's farewell speech to the people. Saul had been appointed king, so he was no longer going to be their ruler. He was old. He would still work in uh, some capacity kind of counseling Saul for a while, but his major role was done, and this is what he was telling the people as he was leaving them. So I want to break this passage down a little bit, really examine the words and what they mean, And then see if we can't find some practical applications to help us to do this in 2024 and beyond. So first of all, he starts by saying, serve the Lord. Serve means to work for. Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 24, we can't serve both God and money. That should make us stop for just a minute. Is there any chance that you're serving money? versus serving God? Has money become too high of a priority in your life? Is more time going towards your job and making a living and making sure you have a lot stored up? Or are you making sure to make time in your schedule for God? Are you opening your Bible yourself each day, hanging out with God pursuing a relationship with God? Are you praying? Are you in Bible studies? Are you going to church? Are you making time for that? Or 
has your career really been taking up all your time so much so that you don't really have time to put into a relationship with God? Now, if you've been following me, if you've been listening, you know that in late September, I quit my job at the nursing home. And I was a traveler. I was a traveling nursing assistant, and the pay was really, really good. So it was hard to walk away from that job, not just because of the pay. The pay was just one aspect. I loved the people that I worked with and for. I loved the old people. I've considered it very much ministry to serve them, whether I was cutting their toenails or giving them a bath or helping someone to the bathroom. I very much felt like I was in the trenches and and just the hands and feet of Jesus on earth, showing these people at the end of their life that God loves them and cared about them. So, but there was the component of money that had me stay even when I could feel my heart tugging for a whole year. I felt my heart tugging like what I really wanted to focus on ministry and uh, just the gifts that God gave me there, but wasn't quite sure I could do without the paychecks. And you know what's so funny is I have found over and over and over in my life, and I have to remember this, God always provides. So in 2020, I was suddenly laid off. I was a private elderly companion. I was just going to one home to help with this elderly woman. And all of a sudden in 2020, when the world shut down, they didn't want me to come in because they never, they didn't know if I was going to bring COVID to this woman. And so you know, one day I had a job and one the next I didn't. And I had never been in that predicament before, but my kids were out of school all of a sudden. They were home. So we were just rolling with the punches. And there were other things in our life too, where income wasn't coming in that we were used to having. And so, you know, when you look back, when I look back and I see how God provided for us during that time, there was never a time that we weren't able to pay our bills, that we didn't have food, that, you know, we had to turn down the heat and say, you know, everybody's just going to have to sit in blankets because we just can't pay for this. And so God was so faithful to us in, in so many ways. And I don't know why we get obsessed with numbers and thinking that money is going to bring us happiness. I fall into that trap and every now and then God sort of has to do what Pastor Mike calls a Bible slap, like, Amber, you you don't you don't need that. That's not where it's at. So I, if you're at all struggling with this, I get it because you know I'm a slow learner and it takes me forever to learn the things and to actually do the things that I feel in my heart are the right things to do and the right path to take. And yet, so often I am just hanging on to the paycheck or hanging on to the security as if there's any security in that at all. So what I did find, I can assure you, and I have mentioned this before, I had this huge money goal in 2022 that we met because I was working like a crazy person. And in 2023, we had just one thing after another go wrong, like in terms of things that we had to pay for. And that just goes to show that your your money does not bring any security. Like as much as you think if you pay for this, or if you save up for this, or if you do this, like it can all be gone in a heartbeat. And then guess what? You're back to depending on God for your security. So better to just start there, stay there, live there. Just God, you know what? I just want to serve you. I'm going to serve you. And I'm not saying that you can't do that with a job because I really tried 
very much to serve God with my job while I was at the nursing home. And wherever you are, you know, do it with your whole heart. That's what Samuel said when he says, he said, serve the Lord with your whole heart. Now, you know, when you're not putting your heart into something. So very recently, just a week ago, my husband had a man cold and he was down and out with it. And I'm telling you, I, um, I didn't serve him with my whole heart. I, uh, struggle a little bit here because when I'm sick, I tend to, you know, keep doing most everything. In fact, I read Soul Care, Soul Care to do the audio version when I was struggling with influenza. So I, I always try to, you know, find something that I can do. And anyway, so when he was in bed for four days, I, I did not do a, a good job of serving him wholeheartedly. I didn't even do a good job of serving him half-heartedly. So um, you know when you're just going through the motions and you're not, your heart isn't in it. And God doesn't want that kind of service from you. He doesn't need lip service. He knows if you're just going to church to check the box. He knows if you're reading a Bible passage in the morning like, oop, got that done. Don't have to worry about that anymore today. Or if you mumble a quick prayer before a meal, like not even thinking about it, and then just go about your day, God is not impressed with our lip service. So Samuel says to us, serve him wholeheartedly. Make sure your heart's in it when you're serving God. He, like I said, doesn't need your lip service. He wants your heart. He wants that relationship. Do not turn to pursue empty things that cannot help you or save you. Wow. Um, that's so easy to do. Like I said, I, I, an empty thing for me is a paycheck. I can so easily pursue a paycheck or our phones. That is something that Pastor Mike convicted me of with the whole screens and souls sermon series. I have worked really hard. Not that I hadn't been listening to Christian things anyway. A, a lot of times my phone is on Christian Christian worship songs. I like to listen to our my Bible app. A lot of times we've been doing that for devotions lately at night. I, I listen to Christian podcasts, but I also do like to scroll. I, I have my favorite sites that I get stuck on. But it's not just the fact that I always have these things on in the background. It's the fact that sometimes they take away from my relationship with God. So if I make a point, instead of being in the kitchen and just having my music, my worship music playing, which is fine, I, I'm worshiping, but sometimes I need to be praying. Sometimes I don't give God the amount of prayer that I need, and, and God doesn't need my prayer, but I do. So it's, it's so easy to get stuck in the cycle of grumbling and never praying about things. So I keep grumbling about the same relationships or the same things not changing, but I haven't prayed about them. I'm so busy just, you know, getting through my day with worship music that I'm not praying at all. And so I've made a point to try to really think before turning on my phone and just mindlessly listening to something versus saying, is this a time that I could be praying? And look at the things in my life that I'm struggling with, or look at the ways that people around me who I love are struggling. 
I could be praying for them right now instead of pursuing this, you know, scrolling mindlessly or what have you. And, you know, I don't know what your empty thing is, but I'll tell you another thing that has ooh, come to the forefront of my mind lately. And I know I've struggled with this in the past, but uh, we are cleaning out somebody's house right now. And it is amazing the materialism that we all fall into and the amount of things that we have that we don't need. And as I was talking to a relative about this, I was saying, you know, if only we could figure this out before we actually buy the things, because so often as we're cleaning out a house, it's not like you're going to get a lot for these things. And so what you spent good money on, if you get any money for it, it's pennies on the dollar. And a lot of times it's just giving it away or throwing it away. So if we could only realize beforehand that we don't need these things, that this is an empty way of life. What do you need? You need some clothes, just a few. You need food. You need shelter. Aren't we all considerably happier when we're hanging out with our family and when we're with our friends or at church or doing the work of God? I love having Bible studies at my house. I do. I love inviting friends over and having a Bible study. It is considerably harder to do that the more stuff I have in my house. It's this empty way of life that I feel like if I buy this, oh, this will make me happy, or this will sure look good, or wouldn't this be, no, 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 <laughs> no. And the whole someday, boy, Steve and I, my husband and I have really gotten to this point of realizing we're old enough now that we need to quit with the some days, you know, saving the things for someday when I'm retired, I'm going to do this. I just don't think it happens. I don't know if you ever get to a point of boredom, but I'm going to go ahead and just go with, I hope God keeps me busy with ministry and helping my family and helping my community and helping my church so that I don't have to be bored enough to do all the things that are on my someday pile. So I'm just going to start living my life as if you know, the whole someday I'm going to get to making cards or, you know, I, I doubt I'll ever do that. <laughs> I probably don't need to keep any of this stuff anymore because it's just not going to happen. So really examine your own life to see what are the empty ways of life and the empty things that you were turning to that don't fulfill you. You know it. Where's the, you know, it's the bottle or it's eating. You know, I did that for a long time, I was finding my comfort in food. I would get into an argument with one of my children and I would run to the freezer and get some ice cream. And, you know, talk about pursuing the empty things that cannot help you or save you. Examine your life to see what those are. Above all, we're told to fear the Lord. Now to fear the Lord is to stand in awe of him. So if I know I've preached for a long time about prayer journaling and the concept of just slowing down to take a few verses at a time and really examine them, meditate them on them, pray on them and how it can just really change your Bible study. Yeah. Um, 
God always laughs at me when I get stuck on something because about the time that I think this is a really good way to do things, he's like, eh, probably not. So over the last few months, I've been in a situation where I have to read whole books of the Bible. Like I'm with a group right now that we are reading. One week we read Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Uh, this last week we read First Samuel. I, we read Acts in the course of three weeks. Uh, so I have this group that I've been with that are pushing me to go through the Bible a different way. And let me tell you what I found. I found that by doing that, which is very different than I've done my Bible study my whole adult life, because typically when I wasn't prayer journaling, I was reading one chapter a day. And so to read, you know, three books of the Bible, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth in one week is several hours a day to just get through it. And when you do that, you really find these concepts that stick out to you. Like in the book of Numbers, the people are just rebellious. And by the time I was done reading Numbers, and, and that was, you know, just part of my week because I had to read Joshua and um, Judges. So I'd, I'd read Numbers the week before, sorry. And then I read Joshua, Judges, and Ruth the next week. So I read Numbers and the people were so rebellious and so disobedient. And then I get to Joshua and the people did not want to offend God. Now they're just the opposite. They're like, God tells us to take the land. We're taking the land. Man, God won't give us success with the town of Ai. What's going on? Who offended God? What, what happened? You know, what? whoa, Achan? Oh, we got to get rid of him because we cannot offend God. And so by reading these books all at once, you get this really good concept of what's going on. And that's just to say that as I'm reading these books of the Bible, they're reminding me how important obedience is to God, to fear God, to stand in awe of him. Samuel saying these things at the end of his life, Samuel started off as a young boy serving Eli, and Eli's sons were very wicked. And Eli did not stop them from their wickedness. And so Samuel saw these wicked men and how God killed them off in battle and, and raised Samuel up in order that he would lead Israel. And so it was on his heart to obey the Lord. Now, Samuel's sons did not follow in Samuel's way. So again, you know, the generations, one generation falls into disobedience. The next generation sees how displeased God is and says, no, we don't want to do that. We want to live in obedience. The next generation, not so much. Fear God, serve him, serve him in truth with all your heart, in truth. Those words in truth are really important because the world's vision, even of Christianity, is so opposite of what you're going to find when you're in the word, which is why it's so important for us to be in the word. Forgiveness, you know, the, the world is going to say things like three strikes, you're out. God doesn't expect you to be a doormat. You don't have to, you know, take this anymore. Yes and no, there's boundaries. I always say forgive and learn. I don't say forgive and forget. Forgive and learn. Yes, you do need boundaries. But on the same token, man, the love of Jesus was such that he was on that cross saying, Father, forgive them. And, you know, people in the crowd might have said, he's just a doormat. 
God's love is different than the world's love. You know, you hear even Christians talking about karma and grudges and happiness. God wants you to be happy. That is not in the Bible. Now, I personally think that when it says, blessed are those who follow the Lord, or you will be blessed if you do these, or um, the Beatitudes, which are the blessings of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, you're blessed if you follow God. That means there's going to be a joy in your life from serving him and walking with him that you are not going to find in the world. But that doesn't mean it's always happy to serve God. There are going to be many times that serving God is going to make you feel like you are a a stranger or alien, as Peter would say, or that you're going upstream or that, you know, sometimes you're saying things, you're trying to teach your kids something and, you know, they don't want to hear it because everybody else is doing something else. And so it's not going to be all happy, happy, fun, fun, fun. Serving God at times can be trying and heartbreaking. Look at the Apostle Paul. And I mean, he was chased out of town and out of synagogues and he was beaten and, you know, shipwrecked serving God. So, you know, the world loves to tell us to do things that bring us pleasure and and make us happy. And and that's not in the Bible. So when, when Samuel says, serve him in truth with all your heart, make sure you're in the word of God to find out what that truth is and not just accepting some Instagram reel of someone talking about the Bible and telling you what it is. Get in the Bible for yourself. Figure it out. Discover it. There are great commentaries. And then the last thing Samuel said is, considering the great things he has done for you. The idea of keeping God's faithfulness faithfulness in the forefront of our mind is something that you see these Israelites as they leave Egypt continue to do. They erect monuments. They put altars up. They want to remember that God did amazing things for them. That's why they continued to celebrate the Passover. They were to do that year after year after year, remembering what God had done for them when he brought them as slaves out of Egypt. Take some time and think about God's faithfulness to you in this last year. As I was reading this passage, I did. I made a list. Prayers that God answered. Prayers that I'm still praying. Look what God has done. And it is just a great reminder that because God was so faithful in the past, when we were struggling, we turned to him and we said, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And now you see how he got you through all these things. That should fuel you as you go into this new year with whatever comes your way. Any tragedy, any disaster, anything that has you worried, any time that you don't know how things are going to turn out, all you have to do is look back at God's faithfulness and say, God, you were there in the past. I know you are faithful. Therefore, I'm going to trust and I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to fear you. I'm going to serve you with all my heart. And I am just going to bravely go where you send me and I'm going to leave the rest to you. I don't know about you, but this seems like a good word for the new year. Happy New Year. Thanks for being with us in 2023. Please come back. Join us on the journey in 2024. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things.